The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Financial food for thought. Welcome to Yuletide Two at the Rona, Carrie. Yeah. So we'll see if we're, you know, wearing masks again this Christmas. I think we are. You think? I'm not. Not in my house or my family. I don't think is. I think we're we're done with it. <laughs> you found financial food for thought. We've got Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell. So, welcome to Inflation Nation, Carrie, right? This was a few weeks ago. Ease and I say yes, ease lower inflationary pressures on our economy. Inflation hitting a 31 year high in October, prices surging on virtually everything. I don't have enough money to pay for gas every day, so this is crazy. Gas prices soaring 50%, beef prices up 20%, Americans' hourly wages declining 1.2% since last year. Not- All right, so we got. CPI numbers today, Gary. So we're taping the show on Friday. And this report was a month ago, mm-hmm. and which was a bad CPI. Remember, it came right. at 6.2% year over year. Well, it got a little bit worse. Okay. This so this morning's CPI actual came in at 6.8% year over year, but that was what people were expecting. Right. The people that project those things. So you didn't see a huge reaction in the markets. Because it was the number. It, had we pulled the seven handle, I think it would have been a different story. Right. Now, there's a lot of comparisons going back to this 40-year, nearly four. I think it's a 39-year new high. And everybody certainly, well, a lot of people remember the inflation of the 70s and 80s, right? The, mm-hmm. In this case, going back to 1982. But again, it, it was a different it might have been different back then. So, yes, where inflation was running, maybe 6.2, 6.3% in 82. The difference was the 10-year treasury was like at 13, 14%. Right. What's it today? One and a half? Mm. Uh, it, it's not exactly the same circumstances. But is there, you know, and, and Biden, this before yesterday, on Thursday, he actually came out, the White House, and try to say you don't get too caught up in this November inflation read because it's still a month's lags data, right? right. In other words, it, it, it's and he and the he keeps saying that it's going to get better. I don't know about that. But, Do you believe him? Well, mm. I, I maybe I believe him, but I, I mean, well, the 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 question is, it's not whether I believe him, Carrie. Right. It's, it's whether you at home believe him. In other words, are you adjusting because you're. You're concerned about inflation. Or do you have to adjust? Do you even know? Um, I mean, people worry because they don't know. And some people may have to adjust. Other people really won't. 
Right. And now, and I think, have people just stopped listening to the Federal Reserve? Is it too political now? Yes. Um, because next week, of course, the Federal Reserve comes out with their monthly meeting. And there are two big things that happened this week. And one was the CPI reading for November. The second one was the JOLTS report. Okay. And, and I want to talk a little bit about that. That's the JOLTS. That's the, you know, the job openings and labor turnover rate. And that's a big number. So both of these are the last pieces of data that the Federal Reserve has to work with when before they, you know, kind of announce to the world mm-hmm. what they're going to do next week on, on the, you know, the, the meetings over the 14th and the 15th. So stay tuned for that. But the so the question is, can the feds, you know, land this plane successfully? You know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's in other words, can they start, you know, taper, you know, the tapering, the raising of the interest rates? It's that Goldilocks solution. You can't do it too fast. You're at risk of doing it too slow. You got to do it just right. Or you wind up like Brazil, who basically crash landed there, uh, you know, and wound up in a recession. You know, you look at Brazil right now. I think, uh, you know, they started hiking, you know, in weakness. That's a problem. If you if you're hiking rates, but the economy is weak, that's that's not good, right? No. Um, and what what is Russia? I think um, not Russia. Brazil. Um, yeah, I think they have like. 14 percent um it was a 14 percent inflation and they're basically in recession right now um so you know don't worry not now larry summers you know former treasury secretary larry summers he you know what is he saying yeah he sees the treasury yield curve flattening uh in the sign that bond traders still see the fed tightening and then that will eventually slow growth and he 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 puts a chances of a u.s recession landing 30 to 40 percent um, you've got Bill Dudley, former Fed chief Bill Dudley. Um, he's been saying for a long time that the Fed is behind the curve. They should have already uh, tapered. They should have already, you know, or he's thinking that you need two to three interest hikes next year. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where the dot plots go next week, Carrie. We'll see what the Fed, you know, that's where you get a consensus of all the Fed officials and they all put their dot up on the wall what they think inflation target or what interest rate targets yeah. will be this year next year the following year they'll go out to 2024 or even later so we'll see if they if the if we see a major movement in the dots um, and you keep hearing this idea of what is a tight labor market well that's what the jolts report is, is all okay. about right the the jolts report came out saying you know there's 11 million job openings it's like you know people it's, go to work and there's 6.9 million unemployed looking for work, Carrie. Uh, so there's a disconnect. Maybe? That's where that's the definition of a tight labor market. Mm. Um, and and you know, and you and you also have the great resignation going on, right? And, right. and we've been talking about a lot of that. And are you trying to join the great resignation? No. Now, now, part of the great resignation, I think there's some confusion, or you know, there's some, you know, it doesn't mean that everybody's quitting. Oh, it does mean everybody's quitting. It doesn't mean everybody's retiring. Maybe it means that's a maybe better way to say. Maybe they're quitting their current job. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're not going into a different field, a different yeah. Adventure. They're switching. Yeah. They're, they're they're chasing the better the better money. Right. Okay. Um, Which why not? Oh, that we've heard of. We've had clients do that. Right. It's it's a it's the labor's in power right now. Right. Right. So, uh, and part of that is Amazon. You know. You know. Amazon is they call it the Amazon effect. Right. You know. And that's where. You know, Bezos, basically, he knew he needed workers a couple of years ago. So what did he do? He, 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 you know, he just went out and he started like taking one of his delivery trucks and putting like a makeshift billboard on there advertising $16 an hour and Smart. just drove it around town. Yeah. So everybody who was working in a minimum wage job, you know, and, and they're making 10, you know, having a smoke bucks. cut on their lunch break and see this truck goes by and says Amazon, "Oh, I know that company." And oh, $16 an hour. Guess what they did? Switched. Why wouldn't you? So then what did the, you know, the 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 manufacturer who had lost their employees, what do you think they had to do? Raise their rates. Okay, the Amazon effect. Um, economies of scale. Um, that's why Amazon will win. Right. Um, so, it, the, the, so we have this data that says, okay, everybody now knows inflation is here. Or right. Here. Now, remember, we were talking about the federal. Remember the Federal Reserve? How long ago was it now, Carrie? When they started saying that they, they you know, that really started talking about their dual mandate. Right. It's just not the the rate of inflation, or you know, the the the, the uh, a stable monetary policy. 
Um, but it's also the the unemployment. You know, in other words, that was the big problem with the 2008 Great Recession is that the recession ended, but there was a jobless recovery. Mm-hmm. That's what they were trying to do better this time with the Rona recession, right? And so that's why they, they dumped all the money, and that's why the feds keep saying we want unemployment. Well, unemployment, it, when, you know, we don't know. They still have this. Now, is that to blame on the virus and the new Omicron variant? And, uh, you know, and or, or the supply chain? You know, I mean, the, the pro- here, here's a problem for the Fed, right? They can print money, but they can't print labor, right? right. You know, they can't print ships and trucks. You know, that's something that's got to get worked out. I, you know, now that's where you have the government, you know, come back in and saying, well, this is what President Biden and the White House and the Democrats are trying to promote. They're saying our infrastructure spending will help inflation because it will help, you know, with this, you know, these other things that the economy needs to, you know, for more productivity and to, and to, and to churn and to get these unemployed back to work and everybody at a higher weight, whatever. Mm. So. Do you believe? So, no, I'm dec- I, I'm inclined not to believe any politicians so what these do you, days. So what do you do at home? All right. So what we've been talking about on this show, and you can go back and listen to the podcast, is the idea that, well, if you're concerned that a higher rate of inflation or the chances of a recession is going to derail your retirement plans, or if you're in retirement, you know, make you cancel that Hawaii trip Mm -hmm. or take Matt, you know, just don't sit on the home on the couch and complain about it. Like you had said in the beginning, do you know how serious it will affect you? But people don't know because when they come and meet with us, we have people that are worried and not making a decision of a retirement date or not spending on home upgrades or doing things because they're worried. And in reality, when we crunch numbers and use very conservative, realistic, they have no reason to worry. Or they have very little to reason to worry because they don't know. They have no way to measure and model in that worst case scenario. And other people sometimes aren't that worried and maybe should be concerned. And, and, and that's the thing by having a plan is knowing. Yeah. And just like the Federal Reserve now will we'll go back and rechurn their models based on this latest CPI. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that you should be doing at home. It's the same thing we're doing for our clients. Right. And different scenarios. Our plan isn't something you do once and put away. It's We have clients that have a plan. It gets updated, but then maybe they, they're worried about if it's a market downturn. Or we have people calling now that saying, let's build inflate higher inflation. I know you did a case, you know, 10 years or maybe five years, or maybe you think it's three years and going back to normal. Whatever you're worried about, we can model that in. Right. And- you mentioned about a lot of people are concerned about a stock market crash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because the stock market is always the last thing to crash, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when everything, you know, everything, you know, <laughs> the stocks will run for a while, but eventually the crash happens. Right. That's the last thing that happens before the recession. <laughs> you know, go back to 2008 or 2000, right? The last thing that happens before the recession is the markets crash, right? By then it's too late, right? So, but is there any case to be bullish in 2022, Carrie? Um, well, one of the things, because remember, we had a recession last year. You, you missed it? I think a lot of people <laughs> in, missed it. In Mark. March of 2000, right, the S&P 500 from peak to trough was down 35%. Mm. That is, in anyone's that definition, like a that's a crash. That sounds, yeah. And a recession. Um, wow, that was quick. It was a quick recovery. Now, the question is, is will it be a jobless recovery like 2008, or will it be a, a, a full recovery where people are back to work. Mm-hmm. Everybody is doing well, right? That's what, you know, the, 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 the verdict's still out, right? Um, because we haven't landed this plane successfully yet. Um, now, well, okay. So how would you make a case? Well, one of the things we talked about is, and we've mentioned it all year and we've been playing the earnings game all year, Carrie, right? Cause I said, because one of the things that we've known from historically is how quickly the government, how the country gets out of a recession is how the corporate earnings hold in there the year after the recession. And the better the corporate earnings, that, you know, that starts churning the economy again. And so far, so good. In 2021, corporate earnings have been coming in better than forecasted, right? And, and we'll see if that holds true for the remaining fourth quarter, right? 
So, but so far, you know, it seems like the earnings are, are still in there. Well, how are the consumers still strong? Because that's another big part of the economy mm-hmm. is, you know, and and I don't know. We could look at Black Friday traffic. They said Black Friday traffic was, you know, it was it was maybe not it, it, between 2020, 2021. It's about the same, maybe a little off, maybe a little bit. But again, still lagging pre-Rona. Black Friday mm-hmm. traffic, right, at the malls. Okay. Um, how about online spending on Black Friday? So a lot of people last year, you know, didn't go out right. to the malls, right? Um, so in 2020, online spenders on Black Friday spent about $9 billion. This year, tad lower, about $8.9 billion. How about Cyber Monday? You know, that's the big, you know, the day after Black Friday, right? Um, well, actually, sales dropped about 1.4% from last year. That surprised me. All right. Um, but honestly, online, there's deals every day now till Christmas. Carrie, you're right on. That's because really, I've been shopping early morning before work. Yeah. They, say, they say, you know, really, it, nobody, you know, it's it's not one day that people shop online no. for Christmas. And the sales are all the time. Because I right? got an email, I missed a deal, I looked, and I found it two days later. I found the thing was even yeah. cheaper. So, so maybe that whole Cyber Monday thing is fading. They're yeah, saying I this think is so. they're saying this is the first year ever that it has shown a lower. Right. Do you remember when Cyber Monday started? Mm-hmm. You're, are you yeah. too young to remember? It's been a while. I mean, I remember but why like, it happened. No, I didn't know why it happened. But all right. Well, the what the, the reason why I was telling my kids that my malicious millennials are there. You know, it, Cyber Monday. So what happened, Gary, was. In the early days, when, when computers and, and internet was just coming out, the dial-up? none of us had it at home. No. Okay. The only place that had it, because guess where? Your work. Right. Because they paid for it. So none of us had internet capability. We weren't that advanced. You right. Know? And when you had it at home, it was dial-up. It was slow. Yeah, but it wasn't even that. But I mean, in the beginning, we didn't know what he had right. it at home. So what you would you do? So you, you found out that, oh, wait, there's some people selling stuff on the internet. Right. So, but you didn't have the internet at home. So when you, after, if you didn't find what you were looking for on Black Friday, you went to work on Cyber Monday and guess what you did all day? Ordered. Shopped online. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't and even not, know that. I don't, the boss didn't know that either. Right. Un- until they realized that. That that's kind of really how the Cyber Monday started. Um, so, you know, could you make a case that consumers are still strong? Um I think, you know, okay. how about the political shock waves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think the the politicians are doing their best to have a, a, a drama-free December, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, in other words, because we're not going to have a shutdown, Christmas Eve shutdown like we've had in recent years. They took care of that debt ceiling silly problem, yeah. you know, before Christmas. Um, so I'm thinking they're hoping that there's no major drama coming out of Capitol Hill that would ruin the Santa Claus rally. So we'll see. It's still a question of whether we're going to get the Build Back Better uh, mm-hmm. plan. Um, and they're changing that. Do you hear that, Carrie? No. It's not, it, they're, the, the, whatever they're changing, it's no, it's no longer going to be triple B. What's it going to be? Uh, building a better America, Baba. Building a better America. Oh, jeez, why? I, I, I guess they think it's it's going to carry, you know, get people interested in it. Um, so politically, but we still have a lot of political, you know, and the Rona is so political, right? And and mm-hmm. the sh- and I'm not even talking about U.S. I'm talking about globally, right? Right. Um, and the shutdowns and and the and the and the people, you know, getting worried about that and and. Um, and, and then another one is, well, is inflation decelerating mm. or is it going to get worse? See, you could make a case either way there. That's why, you know, right now we're saying, well, CPI came in worse in November than it did October. But, you know, Biden in the White House is saying, but, yeah, we should see this is probably, you know, is this the peak? No, is, I don't think so. Is this the hump? Well, not if we don't have supply, all these other issues resolved either. I don't know. I keep going to the grocery store every week. I don't see it getting better. Well, is it going to be better next month? Mm, I don't know about that. Next quarter. Yeah. 
So the idea is, are we so and I think that's why you can make a case either way. There's a lot of data that says, well, maybe we're starting to decelerate on inflation. Um, and, and but remember, I was saying, I don't know if I was, I was trying to go back to remember when when Chairman Powell, remember, I was talking about the dual mandate, right? When, right. When, remember, they changed focus a, a, a couple of years ago and they said, well, we're we're now we're not worried about the two percent target anymore, right? Okay. And, and they're saying we're going to let it float above two, right? But, but they were vague because they never said how much above two, and they never said purposefully. for how long they and would let it float purposefully. above two. So do you think they knew they were we were going to six or seven percent? I don't know that they necessarily knew. I think they were carefully chosen words. So that people can come back on them if they didn't know, because I'm assuming they have plenty of different models that say right. probably all different. So things. is this part of the plan? Where, in other words, even though they would never announce that because they thought that would create shock waves, right? If we we're under two percent for twenty years and they said inflation's going to seven percent, mm-hmm. so all they said was we're willing to let it float above two, and mm-hmm. then when they were pressed on it, he didn't never mention. Right. A percent or how long they would let it float above to. So some people think this is all they they anticipated this. Uh, maybe not quite as bad, you know, because the the variance of the Rona, I think, you know, surprised them. And I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever hear from Fed Chair Powell whether or not Heath ever thought it was going to go. I don't think he'll ever admit, even right. if he thought it was going to go to six or seven percent. Maybe he will someday. Um, but was it a surprise to him? But that's but that's the point about back to the models. So I can guarantee you that they are running now new models, and the, the same thing is what you perhaps want to be doing at home, saying, okay, in other words, right now. So we've had this six seven percent inflation year over year, you know, in the last rolling twelve months. So the idea is, okay, you know, the dozen eggs, you know, it no longer costs 99 cents. It costs $1.40, right? It doesn't necessarily mean, do you really believe that inflation or, you know, price of eggs is going to go up 30, 40% for every year for the next 25 years no. of your retirement? That's not probably realistic, right? But the fact is, do you, on the other side of that spectrum, do you think that eggs are going to go back down to 99 cents a dozen anytime soon? I don't. No. Um, but the thing of it is, is whatever you're worried about, we can model in right. our plan. That's the idea. So the, so what, what we're telling all our clients to do is if you haven't done this in a while, or even if you did it last year before the is inflation, you may want to restrike your daily living expenses. Mm-hmm. Just go down that list. You know, utilities, real estate taxes, gasoline groceries, you know, the basics. Yeah, just look at the online checkbook. And, and get mean, a recent reading on that. Get a get a six month or maybe even a three month. Right. And now and maybe you don't even want to do it yet. Maybe you don't want to do that until we see we see data that says inflation is topped out. Right. Or it hasn't topped out. And 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 the idea is once you once maybe you cross that hump or get over that hump and now you're saying, okay, maybe that's the peak. Maybe that's when you restrike your daily living expenses. And now you go back into your financial model and say, whatever I was using before, this is what I'm going to start with now. And now what inflation do I want to use going, like you're saying, for the next five years or 10 years? And, you know, honestly, it's not a bad idea to visit for somebody who doesn't keep those detailed budgets because sometimes your budget was overstated and maybe used higher numbers before, or sometimes people didn't include things they should have. Um, but regardless, you're listening to Financial Food for Thought this morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. Um, it, our, this show is sponsored by the estate planning team, which is an affordable fee-based Ohio-registered fiduciary planning firm that's been helping people around the greater Cleveland area for more than 35 years through unbiased objective advice and analysis. And we've been talking this morning about how we build these financial models and financial plans and projections. And that's what we do at the estate planning team. We're not investment advisors. We do these detailed financial plans, taking into account income expenses, different inflation rate, different growth rates, taxes, and how to create the income you need as tax efficient and a tax efficient income or as tax efficient as possible. And really that modeling gives people opportunities to save money or take advantage of um, opportunities in the complicated tax code and avoid potential traps, but allow people to see 
Do I have enough money? Can I afford to retire? Can I afford to retire before 65 when that we um, the health care price tags a pretty hefty one? If I'm in retirement, can I do these other things um, without the worry and concerns? And that's what we do at the estate planning team. And we offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation, which we can do by phone or in person. And we're now scheduling in December, January, and February. And if you want to take advantage of a free consultation, you can call us, leave a message. We'll get back to you on Monday. Or if you send an email through the website, you will get a response. That's 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. You can sign up for the newsletter, the free consultation with incentives, and also listen to our podcast. And that's financialfoodforthought.com. Mark, before you want to jump the topic, because I had um, a new client this week that had gotten started with us and he, we were going over his numbers and want to remind people, make sure that you take your RMDs for this year. Mm. Um, He had several accounts and missed one of them because he was like, oh, well, because not taking them last year. Right. um, Because he he had just forgot about the inherited IRA. So make sure if you haven't done them for um, this year, make sure you check all your accounts and that you've done your required minimum distributions because of the deadline for a lot of people are are coming up if it's not passed. So a couple of things you just said there, Carrie. So one... Yeah, the inherited IRAs, right? So all RMDs are back, whether it's your own or it was an inherited. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's a lot of confusion about inherited IRAs, right? Because if you inherited a while ago, your grandfather, meaning you you do have a required minimum, if you inherited recently, you may be under the 10-year rule, right? The new SECURE Act. 10-year rule that says you've got 10 years to get the inherited IRA out. And again, we're using IRA broadly here. You know, any qualified plan subject to required minimum distribution that you inherit. And we're talking about a non-spouse inheriting, right? You know, spouses can still do the rollover thing. But yeah, if if you weren't grandfathered, so you're not under, because if you're under the new 10-year rule, Carrie, you don't have a required minimum in those 10 years. There's no set amount you have to take out in year one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's just that by the end of the tenth year, you have to have it all out. So you can somewhat control that, right? Um, but if you're grandfathered and you're following the old stretch rules, we used to call those, right, where you have to take it out based on your old life expectancy, yeah, they were suspended in 2020, but they're back in 2021. And the other thing, too, about inherited IRAs uh, with the RMDs is you can't commingle an inherited IRA RMD with your own RMD. All right. Whereas, you you know, a lot of people are used to um, commingling, meaning if they've got three different IRA accounts, they may take it all from one or the other. Right. Mm-hmm. They, and they may switch year to year. But you cannot commingle mixed plans like 403Bs and IRAs or inherited IRAs and individual IRAs. Mm -hmm. You can't mix spouses RMDs together. Right. right? Which we've had people think they can. Um, So yeah, so those are some of the rules. And now the other thing too is that we found with this anomaly between having the RMDs suspended last year and back this year is the, 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 so the, our clients or even people that contact us, we're we're realizing, like new clients, like you were mentioning, that last year, be, that when they didn't have to take out a required minimum, they didn't. So obviously, their taxes right. were a lot lower. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but now this year, the RMDs are back. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing is saying, if if they, we don't want them to be surprised when tax time comes around. So we're back to, are you making the right withholding election if you need to make withholding election? Because you could be in a position where, because last year it was so, your taxes were so low without an RMD, that's a pretty low previous year safe harbor. Mm-hmm. So you may be, so your CPA or tax account might have said, you know, they might have just looked and said, well, you don't have to make any estimates this year because maybe you, they, they figured you have enough pension withholding or what have you right. to cover. And that may be fine. You may have your previous year safe harbor covered, 
But now are you know, do you know what your April 15th tax bill is going to be? Because now RMDs are going to increase this year's right. tax over last year's tax. And maybe if you've got, if you, if your cash reserve is getting too low, you might not want, you know, and you're just saying, well, I don't, where am I going to come up with that money on April 15th? You may want to do a, some withholding on your RMD. Right. So even though you don't have to for the previous year's safe harbor, you may want to, so you don't have a big check you got to write on April And some 15th. people it's more uncomfortable, and we have clients that go either way. So we can certainly help, and we're, we're doing a lot of that right now. We're working with our clients and their CPAs, and we're certainly trying to, you know, we always talk about that um, cheat sheet. I call it, I wanted to cheat sheet. It's probably the wrong term, but that that list, you know, mm-hmm. in other words, because this has been a problem that we've seen for decades, Carrie. Mm-hmm. As, and who's? What do we mean by a problem? Meaning, if this is if this describes you, that you and you're let's say you're married, and each of you have multiple tax qualified plans, mm-hmm. meaning more than one. We've had some between the two have over fifteen. Right. When you look at the four hundred one ks, four hundred three bs, IRAs, inherited IRAs, they might have IRA CDs, IRA brokerage, IRA accounts. annuities. Right. And so we've had clients who typically could get double digit 1099s every year. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but those, if that describes you, then you're in a higher uh, risk of missing one in any one year. Unless you have a process to not miss them. A che- yeah, you're saying your checklist, which we do for our clients. Yes, we, we got in that habit of, oh, probably 20 years ago. And I can't believe how many people have never had that concept. You know, and and, and nor, nor did their CPAs, by the way. And honestly, you can't just count on, well, I'm just going to wait for your 1099 because guess what? We've had clients that did that before they came in. And because they didn't get the 1099, they didn't think about and, it. Right. So they didn't give it to their tax accountant or they didn't input it if they were doing the taxes themselves. So it was missed because they didn't have a, And there's so many, they just assumed, oh, well, you know, I didn't get it. Right. So part of our process is... That first thing you do is at the beginning of the year is you get all your tax qualified plan balances mm-hmm. and this starts your list. Right. And then you make sure that you've calculated what the RMD is for each one of those. Or ask the custodian. And if you don't, yeah, we always go, but go to the right to the horse's mouth. And right? a lot of times it's on those year end statements for people if you're paying it. To, like you some might have the, to dig yeah. through it, but usually it's there. Somewhere. Some of the old schools still send you out a nice letter saying, here, Mrs. Smith, this is your new, right. this is your RMD. Just let us know when you want to take it. Mm-hmm. Here's a form, whatever. So that so this so you do this in January or February. You know you 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 get your year in balances because that's what the RMDs are calculated on, and then you list them all out. You list and list the account number. I can't tell you. You know, get that account number. Right. Um. And the the year in balance and then the RMD amount. And if you don't mm-hmm. know how to calculate the RMD amount, check with your custodian and, mm-hmm. and 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 get it from them. And then you have that list. Now, it you you also. That helps then with when you're meeting with your tax person because you're giving them the idea, here's what my RMDs are going to be. Mm-hmm. Now, you may be planning on taking out more than RMDs, but that's fine. We just don't want you to forget about the RMDs or mm-hmm. miss one. So then you've got this list. The list also then you, you pull it out at the uh, end of the year to making sure that you haven't missed one. So during the year, as you get your RMDs out, you check off the list. Saying the data was received, right? And mm-hmm. was there withholding on it? Right. Did I request federal withholding? Did I request Ohio withholding? Um, and so you're checking the list then. And then a third time you check the list is when you start receiving the 1099Rs in the mail. And you, so as they're coming in, you're checking off the list again. Did I receive my 1099R? And that is really important, too, in case, like you're saying, you, not that our clients have ever missed one, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, is when, you, you, when you're opening that 1099R and you're checking it against your list, make sure they match. Right, because guess what? Every year, and we'll probably talk about it in January, we have 1099s that are wrong. They're wrong all the time. So, and people are surprised when we say that. Right, because we have had clients that did Ohio withholding and they didn't account for it or they've reversed the federal in Ohio and all kinds of issues. All right, so there's a... Or they didn't report it at all. So, yeah, so it, it's just the idea that, um, you know, how you, you make your life easier 
in in retirement and, and and with a very complicated tax code and just the idea of what steps you can be doing that if you're doing those steps right can save you a lot of headache mm-hmm. um, and amended returns and all that baloney or you, you know not hitting one of your estimated tax safe harbors that you want to make sure you're covered by um building a better america care i don't know if this infrastructure too is going to get done carrie I, I, it ain't going to be done by christmas i think that's no, pretty what are, when do they take off uh, they got to be ready to go right? <laughs> i was gonna say yeah I, I mean it doesn't have to be done by christmas um they got the important stuff by christmas they got the debt ceiling raised there's no government shutdown you know that's the important you mean stuff. they don't really shouldn't be doing their job well they just sort of stay. the Democrats don't know what to do. They've got they don't even can't even agree among themselves how this package should be. Um, <laughs> but why are they changing the name? Yeah. Um, the building a better America branding will be used at events, news conferences, tours, and listening sessions when President Joe Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, and various cabinet officials travel across the country to sell the infrastructure law. Was BBB somehow offensive to someone? Probably. I don't know. I mean, will, will President Somebody Biden, prob- will he remember Baba better than Triple B? Maybe. Uh, oh, he, he, he was still calling it BBB the last conference I saw him, so I don't know. Maybe he didn't get the memo. Um, Maybe he's out of the loop. The official says building a better America is meant to capture the administration's goals of creating more union jobs, centering equity in all of its work, combating the climate crisis, and building up sustainable and resilient energy infrastructure and investing in America-made products and manufacturing. Mm. That's why building a better America is better than BBB, I guess. Okay. Does that, does that explain yeah. it? No, it, and... Unions, interesting with unions, right? That's another interesting thing that's happening in this country right now is how strong is the labor, right? So we had talked about, it's just fascinating to me. We talked about how John Deere got a great deal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then Kellogg's, is, Kellogg's didn't get a great deal. Do I have that? So, you know, you've heard the Kellogg's workers have been on strike, right? Right. Um, 1400 striking and Kellogg corporate said it's replacing striking factory workers after the union representing them rejected a pay deal. So Kellogg's is permanently replacing striking workers who rejected the latest pay deal in a long running union dispute. So apparently what's happened is that Kellogg corporate said they had reached a deal on December 1st and it was a deal where they were offering 3% salary hikes and preserving health benefits. And they thought, corporate thought that they had a deal. Okay. And then the union workers backed out of it. Okay. And so the corporate saying, well, you're out then. We had a deal. Yeah. You're backing out now. Sorry, we're done. So that was interesting. Um, Then you had Starbucks, right? So did you hear what happened? So Starbucks, right? Up Up in Buffalo. Okay. So there's three Starbucks franchises in Buffalo that were voting to unionize or not unionize. It was employee vote. Okay. And it's like it was the the rest of the how many Starbucks are in this country? I don't know, too many. Um so so the first one the Yays won. They voted 19 to 8 to unionize. So that was a big blow, right, to Starbucks. Right. The second one was Nays. Uh, the second franchise, uh, eight said they wanted to unionize, 12 said no. Okay. So that was a win for Starbucks. Then the third one, it's contested. Because apparently the initial count of the vote, now I don't know how hard it is to count 25 or 30 I employees votes. Say. But I, I, you know, whatever, hanging chads, I don't uh. know. So the third one is contested. 15, in the first count, 15 voted to unionize and nine voted not to unionize, but seven ballots are contested. Why don't you just ask them? Do you want to? I mean, it's not that difficult. And I, I don't know how long it takes to, re, you know, to I just double check phone. seven ballots. But apparently it's something about maybe these seven weren't really work working at that franchise. I don't know. Oh, my God. So we'll see. So I think that's going to be an ongoing story in 2022 is is the how strong is labor? And 
is that going to be? Because, you know, one of the things you heard in that clip I played in the beginning is that wages, employees' wages aren't keeping up with this inflation. Mm-hmm. And so you have these issues, and that's really what, you know, that's part of this unemployment, part of this raising the middle class. And, you know, and that's what the Democrats are saying. This is what we're going to do. We get these infrastructure plans passed, and you've got the Republicans not agreeing with them. Um, Michael Flynn doesn't agree with them. You remember Michael Flynn? Oh, yeah. Um I haven't heard from right. him in a long time. Talk about shock line. All right. His, Michael Flynn is saying that, is claiming that the Democrats are plotting financial collapse in order to stop the midterms next year. Hmm. All right. Um, okay. Michael Flynn claimed that, yeah, greater control over side by manipulating inflation and attempting to stop the 22 midterm elections by taking place. Um, he said he's not convinced that next year's elections will take place, alleged that the Democrats are orchestrating a financial collapse of the economy. I don't, you know, I don't know if you need to be worried about that. I would hope not. Um, but is, but so. You do wonder sometimes, sh- yeah, but yeah, what, I don't know. That's too. That's why I call it shock line, you know, um, headline shock. You know, I mean, don't get too caught up with the shock lines. And it, the headlines you know, are, are the point of them. I don't know how many articles I've gotten caught by. Oh, what is that? And then it was just kind of a blah. It got me to read it, which is the point of the headline. Um, so take, you know, it, it really. And, and the other thing, the part two is that um, with all the headlines, you, you don't really know if that affects you. Mm-hmm. All right. So you have to kind of sharpen your own elbows. I mean, you know, in other words, you might not have to be worried about a lot of things that you hear in the news, but you do have to figure out which ones do matter to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then run your models based on that, and then be aware of things that are that may be coming in the mail to you that you need to be aware of. Case in point, Carrie, this is the time of year you should all be getting your new Social Security benefit statements, right? If you're collecting Social Security, right. and this is and some of our clients have already gotten them mm-hmm. in the mail. Some of them have already gone online. Right. So they weren't going to wait for the snail mail. They went online and got them. And we have a lot of clients who haven't gotten them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a bit worrisome by now if they don't have it by Christmas. But we'll see. Now, we always say when you get this um, new benefit statement, and, and, for, and for those who are not collecting Social Security yet, what I'm talking about is, this time of year, somewhere between Thanksgiving and Christmas, you normally receive a new benefit statement by the Social Security Administration mm-hmm. that tells you what your new benefit will be next year. And it's going to be a nice cost of living increase next year, 5.9%. So you want to make sure that, you know, you got that, right? Right. And so it tells you what your new monthly benefit would be. And it'll also give you what is going to be coming out right. in terms of, what they're going to be deducting if you're on Medicare B, what they'll be deducting if you've elected Medicare D, if mm-hmm. you're a drug plan, and what they'll be taking out for federal withholding if you elected that. Now, that's one of the things, too, we always mention. Federal withholding isn't the default for Social Security, right? You, If you want federal withholding on your Social Security checks, you've got to request that. Okay, some people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. Some, we still have new clients coming to us today who've been on Social Security for years and said, I never knew Social Security could do withholding. Mm-hmm. Only federal. Um, right. They won't, they won't support state. Right. Um, but the reason why I'm bringing this up is because if you get your statement and it talks about your Medicare IRMA adjustment, right? Mm-hmm. The income-related monthly adjustment amount, meaning that You've got, they have records that says your income is at a high level that they're going to charge you more Mm -hmm. for your Medicare B and D if you're doing Medicare D premiums, right? Now, this is where you say this is what you may have to review, all right? Um, Because if it's a certain situation, and this is what you get into this issue because there's a two-year gap, right? In other words, right now, for example, you're getting what your 2022 
new Social Security benefit is and what your Medicare premiums are. Mm-hmm. Now, they're basing that on your 2020 tax return. Mm-hmm. See, they don't take your word for it how much income you have. They base it on your tax return. And the only tax return that's been given to them is the one that's filed by now, which is 2020, because your 2021 tax return isn't filed yet. So that's why there's a two-year gap, right? And, and you've got to be aware of that, especially in those trans- if, if, if your life is transitioning in those two years, meaning you've got one of the life-changing events going on that you have a right to appeal that higher mm-hmm. premium. Um, now what was a life-changing event? Well, obviously the most one that's used off is if you were working two years ago and you're retired now. Right. So obviously two years ago, you had a lot more taxable income, but it's not fair for them to assume you're going to have that much income this year because you're retired. Right. And that's a relatively easy appeal to win. Right. Other life-changing events, um, you got married, mm-hmm. um, you got divorced, mm-hmm. you became a widow or a widower. Um, and if you are married, if either one of you stop working, because mm-hmm. you're filing jointly, right? Um, could be um, if, if you can show that your spouse stopped working or reduced work hours, even if they retired, just a reduction. Right. Um, you, your spouse lost income from income-producing property due to disaster or other event beyond your control. Or you, I would think if you sold even a rental property that you don't have anymore. Um, you or your spouse experienced a scheduled cessation, termination, or reorganization of an employer's pension plan. Okay. Um, Took a buyout is what I'm thinking that is? No, if they cut your pension. Oh, okay. I didn't know if that, because they said reorganization. I didn't know if that meant well, also a buyout. Well, termination or, sens- or okay. reduction of your pension. Um, you or your spouse received a settlement from an employer or former employer because of an employer's closure, bankruptcy, or reorganization. So those are some of the life-changing events. And the the idea here is, though, but here's, you have to appeal within a certain time period. Right. Okay. So you've got 60 days to make that appeal. Okay. And the way that they count the 60 days is the fact that um, the 60 days start the date you get the letter. Okay. Okay. And they're assuming that you got the letter five days after the date of the letter. Mm, Not always the case. Might have some mail problems. Um, unless you show us that you did, I'm reading right from right. the letter, unless you show us that you did not get it within the five day Which, period. I don't know how you show them that you didn't. Cause uh, I could take a picture of it. Doesn't mean I got it. And I just left it and got stuck in my big pile. Is there a postmark of, on the envelope? No, it's just when they send it out, there's a postmark. It well, gets run through a machine. I would guess unless... There was a huge delay. I don't know that it got like returned to sender or delivered to wrong address or something. I don't know. All right. Um, Just don't procrastinate about it if you get it. Yeah. And, and, and. Are you going to talk about the things that you can't appeal? Because there's things that people argue a capital gains in that year is not a legit. And I think that's even in the letter this year, Carrie. Is it? Um, Okay. But that's going to take me too long to try to find. It's a four page letter. Um. You know, they talk about we'll need, we'll use a lower mat. And remember, this is based on MAGI or modified adjusted gross income. Which is your adjusted gross income add in your tax-free muni bond. Right. And and so that's, that's surprise, that, not a surprise, but that's some people forget that. All right. Um, so we will use a new lower MAGI to see if we can make a new decision about your IRMA. Uh, we cannot make a new decision if your income has changed for a reason other than those listed above such as receiving one time from capital gains. Okay. So, yeah, that is one that we've had a lot of clients that, you know, ruins them. Now, um, but so basically, how do you appeal? Well, now this year's letter is pretty much saying um, just call them. All right. Oh, that's easier. Um. Yeah, 1-800-MEDICARE. There you go, Carrie. Um, That's easy to remember. Now, I bet the, you'll be on hold for a while. You think? 
Now, if you don't want to wait for the phone call and, and on hold, you could go the old-fashioned way and fill out the form. Mm-hmm. And so there's two basic appeal forms. One is form SSA-44, and that's the Medicare Income-Related Monthly Adjustment Amount Life-Changing Event Form. This is a pretty mm-hmm. much the one that's easily done. Right. But uh, but heads up, you'll still need third-party confirmation. So basically, if you're saying, well, I'm no longer employed, you'll they'll probably want you to support or give, or give them a, a letter from your employer who's you know, confirming your right. end of employment. But if you have one of the, if you have a, an appeal that says it doesn't fit one of those life changing events, there's another form that's called requ- request for reconsideration. And that's form SSA 561 U2, just like okay. the bank. Right, now, the, now that form is where you, you would have to really give a reason, an explanation of why you're, mm-hmm. why you, you did an appeal. Um, I, I know one, uh, case and, you know, we've had a couple of these cases. I remember the one situation was, uh, our client, the taxpayer had sold the business right? and it was under an installment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was like a five year installment payment. And so for those five years, he was always going to be above the Irma adjustment. Right. But as we're getting to the end of those five years, remember, because a two year gap, right. we're saying, yeah, he had to, he appealed. It wasn't a life changing event because he had retired already. Mm-hmm. It's just that the, the selling of the business would normally that's a capital gain. Right. And capital gains are normally not appealable. Um, he re, he's, he sent the request for reconsideration saying I can prove that. Yeah, it's a capital gain on my tax return, but it's it's not recurring because right. I had a I had a I had a deal and the deal is now over. And he won the appeal. Right. But, um, it, but he had to provide a lot of documentation, too. It wasn't of, just because right. I said so. A long road. Right. All right. Um, and so and, and, and the thing is, that's where you can get help. Now, the, the they also in the in the letter, they'll tell you if you want somebody to help you appeal, that's your right. In other words, kind of like a power of attorney thing um, where, you know, if you if you want to get professional help for someone to help you appeal the, 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 the claim. So they do allow that as well, where they, they would talk directly to the person that you have helping you appeal. Um, so these are the things. And, and, but one of the things is that threshold, you know, these Irma thresholds and we talk to people, that's a hard threshold. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and if you, Miss that threshold by one dollar, you get hit with the next higher Irma, you know, the, the next adjustment. Um, and that sometimes surprises a lot of people too. So, because we have a lot of clients like Carrie, when they're planning their Roth conversions or if they're planning how much money can they, how much cash will they need and how much they can take out IRAs, they want to stay under those Medicare thresholds. For example, married filing jointly, all right. So the first level now is $170.10 for Medicare B. Um, well, if you miss that $182,000 by $1, it goes up to $238.10. Mm-hmm. And and go and the thresholds go up from there. So I hear the music. We'll have to get out of here, Carrie. But this is what we'll keep on because we've helped over the decades. We've helped a lot of clients understand these IRMA adjustments and how to stay out of them. All right. Call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.